0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Gen Z Money. This week, Nick joins us again to talk about ETFs, also known as exchange traded funds. This is a topic I personally really love talking about, um, so I hope you guys enjoy Hey, Nick, thank you so much for joining us again this week.
0: Pleasure to be back.
1: So today we're going to be talking about ETFs, which are exchange traded funds. I believe we've referenced them probably a million times in this series already, but we haven't gone into any detail about what they actually are. So that's what we're going to get to the bottom of today. Nick, I'm sure in your time since um, investing, and I'm going to make us sound old, but we're really not, you know, what, we're 24, we're not that old. Um, but I'm sure in, in your time investing, you've seen like an uprising in popularity of ETFs.
0: No, definitely. I think it's um, something that's growing in, in popularity and I, and I don't think it's going to be um, getting any less popular. Let me just say that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, definitely doesn't seem to be slowing down, that's for sure. Um, so let's get into today what it's actually about. Um, so we talked last week about shares and we talked about the fact that you can buy shares, you know, Monday to Friday, you buy it through a stockbroker, you pay for brokerage and all that kind of thing. So that's all pretty much the same. Um, but I guess the difference with an exchange traded fund, and I saw this example on Instagram a few weeks ago, Nick, and I think you'll like it too. But, you know, when you go to the shop and you buy a box of favorites, so you've got like Milky Way, Crunchy and all that in the box. Um, The way this example worked to explain what an ETF is, is that a Milky Way is one company or one share in one particular company. Then you've got Crunchy, which is another company, blah, blah, blah. But when you buy the box of favorites, you're buying a diversified mix of all of those different companies in one purchase. Now, does that sound like a pretty accurate representation of what an ETF is to you, Nick?
0: Yep. No, that's a a very good representation. The only thing I would say is that with an ETF, there's probably a lot more chocolates, uh, a lot more different types (laughs) of chocolates than what there is in a box of favorites.
1: (laughs) That is absolutely true. Yeah, actually, that's a really good thing to know. Depending on what you're buying, um, often ETFs will have up to, you know, thousands of companies all in one purchase. And I guess that's a really good thing for when it comes to decision fatigue. So could you talk about maybe a couple of the reasons why an ETF might be an attractive investment choice for people?
0: Oh, I think largely it's, you're pretty much buying, you know, hundreds of companies with a, one one click of a button really, where
1: mm-hmm. I
0: guess from the decision fatigue sort of perspective that you were speaking about earlier, I think making a decision about, you know, I want to buy in Australia, then buying a, an ETF, an Australian ETF that, that, that buys 200 companies or has exposure to 200 Australian of the largest Australian companies, might I say, um, in just one click of a button, then I think that that sort of direct exposure and then that direct sort of um, passive investment is is a great way to to start off your investment journey.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the way a lot of people are doing it now because it's so hard to to make that decision of what's that one company I'm going to buy. Let's just get started by, you know, buying a range and then going from there. And obviously everyone's journey is different, but this is definitely um, an option that a lot of people are using now. Um, and it's good in other ways, in the ways that it's often quite cost effective. If I were to try and buy 200 uh, different companies, I'm going to be paying a lot of money in brokerage. I'm going to be paying a lot of money to just purchase the shares alone, Um, whereas ETF, you can kind of get in there a lot cheaper. Um, And you also have exposure to a range of different sectors or different industries, different um, types of investments, which we'll get into a little bit later in this episode, Nick. Um, But that's definitely a few of the reasons why people do like ETFs. And can we talk a bit about, I know we've talked in previous episodes and you did just mention before, it's a type of passive investment. So ETFs generally will track an index. So could you just rejig for us who maybe have forgotten, Nick, what it means to track an index and how an ETF does that?
0: Sure. So let's just use uh, the the typical Australian index. So the, uh, the Australian index that we use here is called the ASX 200. So what that is, is it is the top 200 Australian companies. Mm-hmm. And, they, uh, and they create something called an index. So all of those companies together, if they kind of – of an average, if they go up, then the index will go up. And then if, mm-hmm. if a lot of those companies' average goes down, then the index will go down. So I guess that that sort of index, the ASX 200, is a good understanding of how the Australian economy is going or the Australian investment markets are going.
1: So when you buy an ETF that follows an index, however that market's going, that's how your investments are performing.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think a really good way. So, you know, you might listen to the news um, as you're making dinner or doing something like that. And you might hear that, you know, one of the on the news saying that the the ASX fell, you know, 20 or 40 points So you probably think that, you know, that that ETF that you would have purchased, that purchases that ASX 200 ETF probably went down a little bit that day. So I guess that that kind of creates that sort of relevance when you do hear that sort of terminology being spoken in the news, then you can kind of get an indication of where your ETF or how your ETF performed that day.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, I think another thing that's really attractive about ETFs to a lot of people is that, you can kind of like build your custom portfolio based on what you're interested in. So there's a huge range of ETFs out there and let's talk about a few of them. So the first, I guess, category of ETF that is quite popular is diversified mixes. So let's say, for example, you've got VDHG, which a lot of people have heard of, which is a Vanguard Diversified High Growth. You've got DHHF, which are for, you know, mixes of Australian and international shares. So could you explain to us, Nick, let's say, for example, what it means to invest in different sectors with ETFs?
0: Sure. So let's just go back a little bit to that ASX 200 example. So ASX 200 is those largest 200 companies on the Australian, on the Australian market at the moment. But let's just say I, you know, I wanted to invest in healthcare, just the healthcare sector, but I don't wanna buy one healthcare company. I just wanna be exposed to the, the whole sector. So I wanna buy, you know, uh, it could be 10 or 20 sort of companies within um, the healthcare sector in Australia. So I, I would buy an ETF in this case. I would be purchasing an ETF if I wanted that sort of exposure. So it's the same thing as buying the ASX 200 index, but instead you're buying just the healthcare sector. So what you mean by customized, you can customize the ETFs or exchange tradable funds to a degree that just on a sector specific basis. Also something else you can consider is buying ETFs outside of Australia. If you wanna buy a customized ETF, you can be able to look at you know overseas investments as well. So you can get a exposure to the, the US market other sorts of emerging economies such as um, asia as well so some some sorts of countries in asia as well so i guess it gives you that sort of easy way to purchase a whole country's index and then be have that sort of exposure but they're not really knowing too much about the individual companies that are held so you might hear in the news that a particular country is going quite well or there might be um, a sort of positive trajectory for that particular country but you don't really know too many shares so that that company that that country offers so you can just buy an index like that so i guess that's a quick way to kind of get that exposure of one trade and that customization of investing in different sectors and investing in different countries kind of gives that etf that great sort of popularity that you, you can buy a, a large basket of shares or a large basket of companies relatively quickly as well and, and have that instant diversification, which is the key.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in the last episode, we talked about Uh, buying shares overseas and and there are often some tax implications of doing that. It can get a bit complicated. The good thing about ETFs is there are a lot of Australian owned ETFs that do invest, let's say, in US shares. So you can just buy that ETF and you don't necessarily have to worry about all of the paperwork or the tax consequences that come with that. Um, But obviously, it's really important to do your research and make sure you understand what that means and that the ETF that you're looking into has that ability, but it definitely is an ability there as well. Um, And I thought I'd also mention with ETFs, we're talking a lot about uh, buying shares in companies, but there are also the option to buy an ETF that invests, let's say in property. So you can buy an Australian property ETF, which just purchases Australian property um, or fixed interest where they're buying bonds, um, for example, if that's something that you wanted to invest in. And they've also got diversified mix, I guess, ETFs where they're investing in a range of different things. So let's say, for example, it might have 40% Australian shares, um, 40% international shares, and 20% fixed interest such as bonds and things like that. So as, as we've said, there's a huge, huge range of ETFs. It all just ultimately depends on what your goals are. But Nick, let's talk again. I know we talked about last week the ways to make money from investing and we talked about um, how to make money specifically from buying direct shares. Is that similar when it comes to ETFs?
0: Yeah, very similar. So I think you can make money through the growth. So the, so that index might go up over time. Um, so the ASX 200, for example, went from 6,000 points to 6,500 points um, that's just the way that they measure the sort of index in points, but then at the end of the day it's in dollars terms for an ETF purposes. So therefore, you can sell and you'll make some money based on that growth. So you can you, you can make money from growth from an ETF?
1: If yeah, but also and and with the disclaimer that it doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's always going to go up, but if it does go up and you sell at a profit, then you've made some money from the growth.
0: Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So yeah, it can definitely go the other way. But in, but yeah, you can, you you buy it for the growth. I'm assuming. I'm assuming you wouldn't buy the shares for it to go down. But when yeah. it goes up, <laughs> you, when you when it goes up, then that's then then, then that is a way that you could um, generate any uh, return. Um, then mm. the other way is is very similar to shares. Is um, it's through income, and that's through dividends. So ETFs mm. can offer dividends as well. So that's. Um, something to consider but also we should just double check you should double check as well where you can buy international ETFs for example and you just need to just double check the the, the tax consequences um, as a result of receiving those dividends because they might they may be paid in a different currency and then you might have mm-hmm. to change it back to Australian dollars in this case or you might want to keep it so that's some some other sorts of considerations that you'll need to take into account.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that's not the only thing that's similar to buying direct shares. When we talk about buying ETFs, more or less the same as what we spoke about last week. You've got things like Comsec, SelfWealth, Perla. There are a range of different platforms to be purchasing ETFs through and ultimately just you know, depends on which one you choose, they all do more or less the same thing. Um, but I guess a lot of the difference, as we talked about, Nick, is brokerage, which is the fee that you have to pay every time you purchase a bundle of shares or ETFs, generally ranging, you know, 10 to $15 um, each time you do purchase. So I know, I know for a lot of people, Nick, you think, I want to invest $50 a week. I want to buy um, $50 worth of ETFs every week. That just gets very expensive very quickly. Um, have you found that that to be the case?
0: No, that definitely can be as well. So yeah, you, you definitely get um, you know hit from the brokerage fees in this sort of case. But also another one to be consideration of is ETFs charge a management fee. Like when I say management fee, I'm not talking you know big big money as something like a fund manager or an active manager would be. But we're looking at probably around about up to about fifty basis points, so 05 percent um, is probably something that it can go up to. Typically, they're around about 0.2% around, around that sort of area. So that's just something to consider. The ETF that you'll, that they all vary. So don't take my word that that's the exact management fee, but that's something to consider after you've made that purchase. So you buy the ETF, you pay your brokerage and then ongoing, they will be charging a management fee. So that's something to take into account. So it's a, it's sort of a larger cost um, compared to buying direct shares.
1: Yeah, that's it, and they're not going to deduct that cost from your bank account. That's just going to come off your return ultimately at the end of the day, and that's a really, really important one to note as well. Because I had, I was having a conversation with an Uber driver about, um, about money, and I'm sure you've probably had the same thing a million times when someone finds out that you work in finance, Nick. Um, and this guy was talking about his ETFs, and he had no idea that there was a management fee. He thought the ETFs were free after you bought them, and that the you know the the fund owners, they were just doing it, you know, out of, out of love. Um, but there definitely are those small fees as well that you should definitely be aware of, especially if you're you're looking at two ETFs that invest in the same thing, you'd really want to be aware if one had, you know, ridiculously high percentage based management fees. So that is a really, really good point. But yeah for anyone who's getting started, um, I know I've seen a lot of people they kind of have like an ETF wish list. just like as a kid you'd have a Christmas wish list that you'd give to your parents, have like a few ETFs that you that you're looking at and you might want to keep an eye on what they're doing and that could be a good way to figure out where you want to go or you might not want to invest in ETFs at all. It's not for everyone. Um, but I think we've covered pretty much everything here. Nick, is there anything else that you wanted to add on to that?
0: Just the risks, very briefly. So I think that the risks associated with ETFs can depend on the actual ETF that you're buying. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like the example that I used before, a healthcare ETF has a a higher degree of risk because it's exposed to one sector compared to buying Mm -hmm. the ASX 200, for example, which covers a lot of sectors. So that's something to consider as well when when you're purchasing ETFs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Very similar to buying shares. There will always be risks with investing. No matter how diversified you go, um, you're always going to have those risks there. So again, thank you so much, Nick, for joining us this week. This has been uh, super interesting and we'll chat to you next week.
0: Thanks, Azaria. See you next week.